love you. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes. Glad to have you back. Even though there's not much room on the couch with all these damn Dalmatians everywhere. Oh, so many fucking but, dogs. And they're loud as shit, too. Always yapping. I am the Green Traveler. I'm happy to have you back. And I am the Faceless Leon. Uh, I'm less thrilled, but hey, you're here. <laughs> 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 no, happy to be back. Happy to be back. Talking uh, a, a very uh, similar story to something we did earlier this summer, and really just like last week, according to our recording <laughs> schedule. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians. Hell yeah. The original, where Cruella came from this. And, uh, well, you know, actually watching it. Well, I meant like, you know, novel, this yeah. is. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm yeah. saying that. This is where Cruella came from, though. Like nobody read the fucking novel by uh, who's it by Dodi by Doty Smith. Somebody had to people? read it, otherwise they well, would have sure. adapted it. I'm sure it was popular. I mean, it was a 1956 novel, and this came out in 1961, so yeah, it was so. very popular. I, I would assume in the 50s, yeah. like people must had have it. liked it, or maybe maybe Walt Disney just enjoyed it. Maybe maybe it was just Walt. But, Walt's sick sense yeah. of humor. But since this animation came out, nobody's read that fucking novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just been this animation and now Cruella. And having watched this animation, I actually understand why they went with Cruella as the next villain to explore because there really is no origin for her in this. There's just you know she just she's just a There's friend. Not there she's, is a lot more in the novels, but it would definitely have not made it. A, a great kids movie. I, that's uh, I did. I did a little bit of research because I was curious of you know since they did this thing with Emma Stone where they uh, went in depth with this sto- uh, with a story for her. But obviously, what they come up with is is made up. And as we talked about in in that episode, is to make you sympathize with that character. But in the novel, she is just as twisted however they give you a pretty horrific backstory no no yeah uh, as to why she might be like that uh for one thing so in the novel i want to say alluded to but i don't think that's quite right it's in the novel her a relative that had the deville name her ancestor was suspected of being a serial killer now, a lot of fan mm. fans, a lot of people who have read the the book anyways, believe that it was her grandfather, so that she so she grew up in the house while this was going on. And, Shit. Uh, yeah. And they also talk about her and Anita at school a little bit more than in I, any of the film adaptations. Uh, well, right. the newer one kind of has a nice chunk of that. Was Anita in it in the new one? In the new one, yeah, yeah, she was the one. Oh, wow. uh, I was gonna say she was played by Simone from The Good Place, but I know you haven't seen that, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't. I didn't even connect that Anita was part of the story. Honestly, yeah, she was. <laughs> she was the journalist. But anyhow, in the novel, they talk about how everyone was super afraid of her as a kid. But she was just strange. And she would, she had two pigtails, one white, one black. 
So, nice. like, I don't know if they're trying to say that it's her natural hair color like they do in the, in the new movie, but <laughs> she also gets expelled from school for drinking ink. Ew. Yeah, and there's also all these, like, things that talk about, like, her weird habits. Like, every room in her house has a raging fire in the fireplace because uh, I guess she's always cold or she wants to be surrounded by flames. That's nice. I mean, I, I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but she also has all her food prepared with a shit ton of black pepper. And some people think that it's an allusion to her being descendant from a devil, which there's like a description from a dog about one of her ancestors, probably that same person that was suspected of being a serial killer, uh, Hmm. as being uh, having devil-like proportions or properties like tails and and horns and stuff but it's like it's in the book it's told from a dog who probably heard it from like a long line of dogs (laughs) so it's probably like you know like folklore telephone kind of kind of thing going on but there's a lot of things in the novel that are interesting right from what i've read i might actually read the novel it actually sounds pretty good yeah yeah (laughs) pretty entertaining I love the portrayal of Cruella DeVille and what they do with her in the mm-hmm. animation. She is, you know, she is brilliant, just as brilliant as Emma Stone was in the the Cruella movie. You know, the the as you're talking about that that friendship with Anita, it just feels kind of off and weird, but at yeah. the same time very realistic. Like uh, one of my favorite authors is Margaret Atwood, and it, it feels like a Margaret Atwood styled friendship where yeah, just opposites attract. Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know why you two like each other. You're so very contentious and always like starting fights amongst each other. And yet here you are like just coming over for tea and, you know, <laughs> chatting, hanging out, going out for coffee or whatever. doesn't make sense. But that is how this movie opens up is, well, it technically opens up with Roger finding Anita, right. uh, which I wanted to open up with uh, fuck Zelda for not <laughs> being as good of... For not being as good of a good of a girl, a good as a pet as Pongo is for Roger, like Roger's just, uh, you know, Pongo's just sitting out a window and he's like, "Man, my human's lonely. He's sad. I'm bored all the time. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> he's always writing music. He doesn't give a damn. And it's just like I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna find him a woman. He's looking outside, and I, I love that scene where he's looking at all the dogs, and he's just like, no, too small, too short, too, <laughs> yeah, you know, too yeah. old, too young. I love that." But then he sees a, a he sees a beautiful Dalmatian, Perdita. Thank you. I actually had forgotten her name. Perdita is voiced by Kate Bauer, I believe her name is, and uh, Pongo, the main character. It's definitely told from the perspective of Pongo. He's narrating is Rod Taylor, and yeah, we mentioned everybody else. So I'll just go on through with Roger being Ben Wright. And uh, Anita Lisa Davis and Corella DeVille, brilliant, played by Betty Lau Gerson, Gerson, who also is Miss Birdwell in the movie, but I don't remember who that is. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, she might be the maid, maybe. Well, Nanny is just named Nanny. Oh, okay. Never mind that. But, Martha uh, Yeah, so, yeah, Pongo goes out. He, he forces Roger to take him for a walk, which is a very common thing Zelda does yeah. for me. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm assuming garlic for you. And on that walk, Pongo is very adamant and forces Roger and Anita to meet. And they fall in love through their own natural charm and good good whimsical will. 
Yeah. And it's beautiful. And, you know, fuck Zelda for never having that gusto to, you know, help me out. Like, Jesus. Like, look, I think. She, all she does is bark at women. I, th- <laughs> I think Zelda and Garlic really might be too nervous around other dogs to make a situation like that happen. Uh, Zelda goes to the dog park enough. Like, she, she is okay out. with dogs her she's size. Yeah. If they're, if they're her size, she's okay with them. And if they're not forcing themselves into her space and like constantly right. like getting into her face she'll be okay with them but you know once she sees a you know if a human is just like oh look at this cute dog and it's like i'm gonna come up and pet you know and she's just like okay okay and then she starts barking for the next 10 minutes uh-huh. and she won't stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's not good at meeting new people wow but- garlic is the exact opposite she will any person She'll, I mean, she'll jump on you a little bit, but if you distract yeah. <laughs> her enough for her to calm down, then she's just like, wow, I love that this new person is here. Uh, <laughs> and, but other dogs, man, it's, she just, any, really any animal. This, this girl yeah. chases birds and, and I'm like, you're never going to catch the bird. Even if you weren't on a leash, you're not going to catch that bird. Right. <laughs> Then she then she caught a baby bird the other day. So who who am I to say? Uh, exactly, she caught one. <laughs> and when they're so just weird. precious and juicy, <laughs> but that's how this that's how this movie starts. Uh, Roger meets Anita. They fall in love. They uh, they come to you know. I guess they marry. I don't know yeah, if we we don't see them marry, but and that basically marries Perdita and Pongo, who themselves have a litter of like thirteen odd puppies. And it or fifteen. It's fifteen. Yeah, it's fifteen. Yeah, and, you know, impressive, impressive litter. Pretty good job yeah. for Perdita, who never once looked pregnant throughout the entire film, <laughs> and <laughs> especially the one time where I was like, "We're two weeks away from having kids," and you know, and they just show her, and she's just like, like cowering underneath the, the kitchen joke? sink because Cruella was there. Yeah, I think in Cruella, one of the dogs get pregnant, and they're like. I Genghis is looking kind of fat there, something like that. But Genghis <laughs> right. was a girl, which reminds me, there is a there is a fat one of the one of the fifteen puppies is a fat little thing named Rolly. Yeah, and why is he why is he always the fuck up? Like he, he, like what are they trying to say? What's their message I don't know. there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, don't be fat and lazy. I guess. I I guess like yeah. every every single. That, like uh, that's honestly like I have no issues with this movie at all. So I had to find like tiny little nitpicks to complain about, <laughs> and that that was one of them. Is that whenever there is an issue, whenever something happens that puts the other puppies in danger, it's always because of the fat one. It's always it because always of Rolly. Rolly. Wow, I didn't honestly notice that. It's is it Lucky or yeah, I think it is. Patches is like the one that's like kind of a little surly. Patchy. But Lucky's the one who's always blocking the TV, and he, he does <laughs> yeah. seem like he uh, kind of gets them in trouble a little bit sometimes too. Especially once, once. With, there's one with, moment, yeah. Okay, yeah, with Horace and Jasper, and yeah. I gotta say, uh, this Horace and Jasper, I like them less than the other Horace and Jaspers. Yeah, they're not as fun. They're they're, they mean. still are. <laughs> yeah, they still are comedic, but yes. they're not as fun. Yeah. And so, it kind uh, of takes that bite away from them. Yeah, particularly uh, Jasper, who is played by J. Pat O'Malley, who also plays the Colonel Dog. You remember the Colonel? 
in in the barn. Is he the one with the loud? Oh wait, no. Is he the the like sheepdog kind of thing? Yeah, the shaggy dog. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the one I think uh, Ronvald would be if he were a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That or a Newfoundland. Uh, well, I mean, he he would definitely be more Newfoundlandish, but he would have the personality of the colonel. Oh, sure. I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyhow, I do also like how in this movie, like in all the other interpretations, Horace is clearly just a step under Jasper in the, in the intelligence right, game. Right. But in, in this one, Horace actually is smarter than Jasper, but Jasper's such a bully <laughs> and Horace has less confidence that he just like holds his tongue and shit, even right. though he's like, what? He like they dis they disguise themselves right the dogs do like which you know dogs wouldn't think to do that but Horace somehow right. sees through it and is like <laughs> I think that might be that them there and Jasper's like those are Labradors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you also have to look at it from the realistic perspective yes. that he is he is dumb enough to think that dogs would be smart enough <laughs> to disguise themselves when in reality yes. dogs would not think this disguise themselves. You know, they, they don't think true. with sight, they think with they think with smell. This is true, but there there are other things though. There are other things that Horace points out and Jasper just ignores. And I think yeah. that it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, that he's actually a little bit more observant than Jasper is. Yeah, it it is a good it is a good dynamic, uh, and I'd like that it's different because you know yeah. again as you as we as we've said it's it's become more of a comedic like they're just like they're the they're the comedic relief. They yeah. they come in. It's like yeah, Cruella wants to kill puppies and make them into coats. You know that's that's terrible, but her goons are pretty funny, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she's awful. She is straight awful oh, yeah. in this movie. I mean, e even the Glenn Close character is is extremely uh, awful. I mean, even Emma Stone's character is also awful, but she's awful sure. in a different way. Like, yeah, uh, the, I'm I'm fairly certain they're going forward with the the sequel to it. Yeah, it seems like it's doing well enough that they're going to. So I'm um, I'm curious if they continue to go the animation route where she slaughters puppies, and then I hate the first one for. I, Making yeah, me sympathize I with a, a, a puppy killer. I hope not, because I've really enjoyed the new character, but then also what the hell are they going to do? What what story are they, right. have they set up with the Roger and Anita in that movie? The serial killing grandpa. That's oh. <laughs> Well, see, though, her... Uh, uh, well, I don't want to spoil that movie. Never mind. I was going to say something. <laughs> with the animation... Even Cruella's entrance, you know, you are you're set up to hate this character because Roger clearly does not like her. Roger is like, I don't know why she's coming over. I don't know why you keep inviting this person. She is evil. She is vile. She is Cruella de <laughs> Cruella de uh, Oh, I love it. If she doesn't scare you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then nobody will. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great, and I love him going up there, and like yeah. up to his music studio, and playing music really loudly while she's there, just to like completely piss her off. Like, I love yeah. that dynamic. I love that she just comes over. She is Anita's friend that he just hates, and he's just like, yeah. I want to do everything 
to get rid of this because I didn't pick up on that as a kid. No, yeah, I definitely didn't pick up on it as a kid. It's but it's also a very realistic dynamic. Yeah, I feel like most relationships, there's just one person, and that per and and your I guess I'll say significant other, but I think it works in friendships too. There's always one person that you just don't get why this person is is in your other person's life and right. why they're attached yeah and you know i don't think that they're all these people that i'm mentioning are corella devilles by any means they just <laughs> they just don't jive with yeah, the person in question there's no chem- there's no chemical bond you don't have you don't have good chemistry with them yeah yeah and and in your eyes they are not at all suitable for what you want from your friend's life like right. you know, I I totally get that, and that is completely how Cruella de Vil is. And as a kid, I just kind of thought Anita worked for her or something that, like, you know, she was forced right. to be in a, a a relationship with this person. That's how it is in the Glenn Close movie, and, and and it does feel right. I feel like without them having a chapter or two or whatever it is in the book where Anita talks about their childhood together. I feel like the the storyline that she's her employee that she really likes for some reason, it makes more sense. I feel like that's more yeah. realistic because Anita is such a – she doesn't even have a name in the novel. Neither does uh, Roger. They're just the, the dearlies. <laughs> yeah. And, and wow. they're married beforehand. That whole like romantic thing that's really iconic for the story now doesn't even happen in the novel. And in fact, Pongo and Perdita are Pongo and Mrs. Pongo. <laughs> How original. I'm starting to le- like the book less a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. But the fact that they like go into Corella more, I I love that. Yeah. I love that. And that does make me want to read it. She's an ink drinker. I don't know why that intrigues right. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like the romantic ad though at the beginning. I think that I, do. I think this ending, the, or sorry, I say ending, the intro at the mm. beginning, uh, the the introduction of this movie, like the first ten minutes or so, is fucking perfect. Even the opening credits, yeah, like all the way through Corella's entrance and and far beyond too, but especially up through her entrance, I love every second of it. It is so enrapturing like you're immediately drawn in with the Cruella Deville song too when when she comes yeah. in you're like it, it, that gets under your skin it really sets her up to be a great villain yeah and you know the dog cycling through all the love interests in that opening scene and like you know his voice who's the voice of Pongo again uh Pongo is Rod Taylor Rod Taylor yeah and he he's got a perfect narrating voice like oh, yeah. it is just it's just a calm draw, and that's what I love most about this movie is everything just progresses calmly. Yeah. Like there's so much chaos. There's dogs getting kidnapped and you know escaping, and like 101 dogs running through this cold environment to find home. Like there's so much chaos and drama, yeah. but it's it's just told calmly. It 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 just everything unfolds. There's no you know there's no like severe crazy loud soundtrack or anything accompanying this you well, know it's just it's when just sinister Corella is and driving calm. there sure is yeah, yeah. 
that's, that that's very fair. Crazy. I love it when the car like falls apart and there's just like jets of fire <laughs> coming out of the oh, engine yeah. block. Dude, I don't understand like how she survives that too. Like I don't there's know. yeah, she's just like laying in the ground. Like clearly the whole thing just like fell apart around her and she's okay. And it's like, <laughs> all right, I don't I don't get it, but all right, you know, she's fine. Miracles happen. <laughs> she's i guess in the that that's part of the novel too that she's a horrendous driver yeah they just couldn't figure out how to like push her off a cliff and just have her fall like all the other disney villains like they yeah you know they yeah. don't want to they don't want to kill on screen so they can't figure it out so they yeah. just had to show her just sitting in the rubble like wow i'm so pissed yeah <laughs> damn it i did get my illegal furs from my cute little oh. puppies. Also, as a kid, uh, 101 Dalmatians, for whatever reason, and even now as an adult, this is the one film of the Silver Age, by the way, that I've seen multiple times. Right. Like this, I love this movie. It's a good movie. And I love the live actions. I've seen it multiple times too. But w- when I hear, hear 101 Dalmatians, even though I've seen it a lot, for whatever reason, I still think that that's the litter size. Is that she has 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I'm like, there's no fucking way. How There's do they no make that way. work? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I remember, like, you know, a few minutes in, and it's like, oh, right, it's a very small amount. And they find the rest of them at right. Cruella de- DeVille's headquarters, her, like, creepy house right. kind of thing. Because, so she wants puppies because their fur is soft. Make the best coats. Yeah, so she needs a whole bunch of them because they're small. And that's just, just right. the fucking worst. I hate her. It really is. That's why, again, that's why I I hate Cruella, the the live action Emma Stone movie. I hate it if she goes up to skin puppies and turn them their fur into coats. Like, if she does yeah. that, fuck her and yeah. fuck that movie for making me feel bad for her. Yeah, right? Like, if they do that in the second movie, I will I will also be very upset because right. I think the having it alluded to was better. I, I, yeah. I do for for what they were trying to do with the the character, anyways. It, it's very similar. Like I know we mentioned it on that episode, and this is just be kind kind of becoming a, a second review yeah. for Cruella, but <laughs> but like it, it very much is like the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, where you watch that movie, you do feel sympathy for his character, but in the back of your mind, you remember who the Joker is, how yeah. much terror he's caused, and it's like, man, if this guy really does become that. I'm going to be mad. Yeah. And yeah. lo and behold, he kind of does become that. Uh, not not to the extent of the comic books right, or right, anywhere right. near that, but he still does have that maliciousness that makes you wonder, am I pissed at this movie for making me feel sympathy for this right. kind of a character? Right. And, you know, th- that's all brought back when I watch this animation. I'm just like, man, does Cruella, does it piss me off? Like, I'm still in that gray area where I, I recommend it to people. Yeah. It was fun watch. But there's still a part of me that's like, I'm prepared to hate this movie any second now. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything else we need to say about 101 Dalmatians? Um, no. I think I've I think we've covered all that I wanted I to talk about. Have. I mean, I yeah. think the Twilight Bark being like a, a gossip column in a newspaper is kind of funny. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's good ideas. Yeah, there's a there's lot of good great, ideas that like, are a dog like if if the world the world from the perspective of dogs there's some really funny stuff in there uh like the right. humans and are all just, pets and shit like that it's funny yeah 
And it's six years after Lady and the Tramp, so I wonder if they, you know, if they got like feedback from that and were just like, we should go with more of these ideas that we were we were setting up there right. and expand upon them, you know, make them a bigger kind of not a mythos, but like a bigger world to to how the dogs see things. Yeah. And yeah, I think they did a great job. Like I, I, I fucking too. love it. Like I like both and you know what? Honestly, I'll say right now that uh at this point the two dog movies are my favorite movies of this era so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the first one? The, uh, well, we Cinderella. Cinderella, and then it was Alice in Wonderland. Oh, I do really like Alice right. in Wonderland. That's yeah, true. yeah. I was going to say, I thought there was another one that, uh, I will say 101 Dalmatians is up there. Yeah, this and this and Alice, I think, are like. Pretty close. The 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 golden tier, you know. Gotcha. This is this is like gotcha. where the Silver Age. I'm like, oh, this is what I remember the Silver Age being. You know, this yeah. feels Disney. This feels Disney. You know, the other ones, yeah. The other ones are missing a little bit of that polish. This one feels really well polished. Everything it looks really great. Does. I love the animation. There's a moment where the the dogs are, you know, when we, we already talked about where they they disguise themselves with soot. Yeah. And Cruella's driving her creepy ass car around, and the animation and. <laughs> is so disturbing like how that car moves how it slides around yeah. like it, it doesn't feel real but it's sinister and i like yeah. it even though there, there's something that feels off about the animation of it but i don't think it's an error on the animation i think it makes it even more creepy how that car yeah. moves around <laughs> something about the car too there's this one shot when she's rolling around through that little village where the, they're close up on the the front and there's like there's the splashed mud well you know obviously it's painted but mm. it was very well done very subtle splash of mud on the front of the car that just made it for just an instant a little bit more real and so it's kind of like the opposite of what you're saying but it also right lended to how sinister it was there's a life in there i a love life. it yeah yeah, everything about this movie is great. I I honestly do give it four stars. Wow, I have no issues with it. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't say it really is like one of the best movies of all time, but it is perfect. Like it it is like you know there's there's I, as I said I had to go and find nitpicks you know tiny little things to complain about because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> you know, Cruella, great villain. Pongo and Perdita, great you know relationship among the dogs there and how they yeah. and how they talk, how they handle their kids. I, even the fact that all 15 of those puppies had different personalities and were, you know, not all of them are touched upon as much. Right. But they are all in some way touched upon. And it's it's nice. It's it's just a fun movie. This is a perfect one for kids. You know, I, I can't imagine kids not being in, thrilled by this film. Yeah, that's so, true. I remember enjoying Good family it. movie. I remember being kind of afraid of Corella DeVille and right? her pink cigarettes that have yellow smoke or green whatever it is <laughs> yeah the green smoke i well, always thought it was green smoke it's definitely a full-faced movie and and you know what like you said i can't really say that there's anything wrong with this movie but i think my face system also has to go it's it's like it's a show of competence and how much the faceless <laughs> Leon actually likes this movie. And I don't think it. I'd give it a face and a half just because I, – I don't think so because it's not like my favorite movie in the world. But right. it is a very good movie and I do recommend it very highly. 
And, you know, it's it's led to some other very good movies that, you know, we grew up on. That were literally yeah. coming out when we were kids. The Glenn Close movies. And mm-hmm. now, another new chapter. And uh, I've right, enjoyed is- all interpretations so far. That is interesting. Like, 101 Dalmatians came out when my like before my dad was even born like wow. he grew up with that yeah, the too. animation yeah and wow. then we grew up with live action animation like that's just yeah. skipped a whole generation before they remade it <laughs> wow yeah sure did and now our kids will grow up with cruella <laughs> <laughs> yeah not that we have any on the way no abominations to mankind on the way no not not no not from the green traveler no i, could, I don't yeah. even know if i could populate with humans well, all I have to really do is cut off my arm and eventually. Eventually he'll grow into a child, right? Oh, shit. Government secrets. They, 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 they mentioned that soon, like probably even by the time this episode is out, they'll have released uh, their knowledge on UFOs and ETs and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Who knows how much they're going to redact and like hide away from us, of course. But, you know, by the time this is out, you my my file might be on the internet. You, you guys Who might knows? be able to hear about the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I won't have to keep it a secret any longer. I mean, they kept us in the same bunker as we've said, but they probably won't release my file. There's some there's some dark shit yeah. in there, like that one, yeah. <laughs> that one, the prom of '95. You remember that? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I, I. Uh, I I may or may not be legally obligated to not acknowledge or pretend that that existed or know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking. I plead the fifth. This I'm the I'm the faceless Leon, <laughs> <laughs> and I am the greed traveler. Safe travels and good night. Green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show. Please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.